Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, certified personal trainer, non-diet nutritionist, and body image coach. And I'm on a mission to help all women break free from body image hangups so they can do the amazing things they are called to do in this world. If you're looking to feel healthy, happy, and confident without dieting, restriction, and punitive workouts, or obsessing over the scale, you're in the right place. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hey there, and welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. This is episode 63, and this one's called Intentionally Moving Towards Joy. If you're new around here, I'm Kim Hagel, your host, certified personal trainer, and registered holistic nutritionist. And this episode is me unpacking and elaborating on some of the great nuggets that came out of last week's episode, F Joyful Movement. So if you haven't yet listened to episode 62, definitely go back and do that first. It was a really rich conversation with three other non-diet professionals, uh, JoLynn Martin and Stephanie Bender, both personal trainers, and Vanessa Preston, who's a mental health social worker, where we talked about all about this term joyful movement and how that can seem rather elusive. And as Vanessa said last week, it can feel like there's a lot of pressure to feel joy in movement, especially if we've always used exercise as punishment, which can lead us to think there's something wrong with us if we don't feel joy. And then another really important point that was raised in last week's conversation that I want to explore in greater detail had to do with other emotions bring. Uh, being present during exercise, like anger, fear, or sadness, which if we're chasing joyful movement and then these feelings come up, it can make us think like we're doing something wrong. And then we're left wondering, like, is this for me? What am I supposed to do? So on today's episode, I want to dig into this and offer you some alternative ways of thinking about joy and also give you permission to feel all the feelings when you move your body and even some practical strategies for working with those emotions that can sometimes come up. Because all of your feelings are valid and welcome and there's room for them all within your journey towards joyful movement. In fact, movement can be a very effective way to process a wide array of emotions and help you move through them into a more positive state of being. So, Let's get started with joy. And maybe it will help just to clarify or redefine what we mean by joy. So if you go to the dictionary, you'll find a few different definitions. Of course, the first definition is a feeling of great happiness. And I think that's what we all envision when we think joyful movement. Like it should be this experience of total bliss and pure connection with ourselves, all sunshine and rainbows. And while it certainly can feel like that sometimes, that's not really realistic for anyone all the time. The secondary definition of joy in the dictionary is actually the one I resonate with the most, which is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. In other words, it's more like a feeling of contentment and pride in ourselves for making choices that are in our highest good and move us in the direction we want to go. And to me, that feels really attainable and realistic. It ties in really closely with what I was speaking about on last week's show about intentional movement. 
I really think that intentional movement can be a great neutral ground between hateful exercise and joyful movement in the blissed out sunshine and rainbow sense. Intentional movement allows us to view exercise as a tool of self-care that helps us to create the life we desire for ourselves. For example, when you think about your older years, how do you want your life to look? What's the life that you desire in 20, 30, 40 years down the line? What do you want to be able to do, have, and experience? For me, I want to travel. I want to be mobile enough to walk around and explore new places. I love hiking and riding my bike and being in nature, so I want to preserve my ability to do those things for as long as possible. And I also want to be an involved grandparent someday who can keep up with little ones. So that means I want to keep my body strong and mobile and have enough stamina and cardiorespiratory function to be able to do those things with ease for as long as possible. Does that mean I have to train insane every day or win races or follow a strict plan and always be striving to hit some big target or goal? No way! I just need to consistently move in ways that preserve the strength and function of my body as long as possible. And there's all kinds of ways that I can do that, even if I only have a few minutes a day to devote to it. I was really fortunate a few years back to have worked at a YMCA. And being in that environment where a large proportion of our membership were older adults really helped me reframe my why for exercise. I became aware very quickly upon starting work there that how we engage with movement over the whole course of our life really matters, as those seniors who were regularly active seemed to have no trouble with motivation or consistency. They looked forward to coming to the gym every day and participating in the activities they liked that made them feel good. And they also moved with relative ease. They weren't there to get a PR or burn a certain number of calories in the shortest time possible. They were simply there to keep feeling and functioning their best. So even that simple reframe that joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires helps to dismantle a lot of the pressure and negativity I might feel about exercise. Because when I envision my future and how I want to create it, my mindset then is one of love and abundance, not one of needing to fix myself. So that would be my first little tidbit of advice today is to lower the bar of your expectations around joy. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you if you don't feel blissed out euphoria during exercise. Most of us don't, except on some very rare occasions. And when it happens, yeah, it's amazing. But that doesn't mean you did something wrong when it doesn't. Take comfort in knowing that joy can simply be contentment, that you're on the course towards the life you desire. All right, but then what if you feel the opposite of content when you're exercising? What if you do feel angry, resentful, jealous, or sad? Well, that means you're human. Nothing has gone wrong. I don't know if you've ever heard the saying that emotions can get stored in your body, but there is actually truth to this. If we don't fully process emotions as we're feeling them, if we stuff them down, they stay stuck. And then when we're involved in an activity that triggers our memory, those emotions can come back to us. So as Vanessa was saying in her example last week, as she was trying to change her relationship with exercise, she would find herself getting really angry whenever she worked out because she had unprocessed emotions about how she was treating her body previously when she worked out intensely. And when she dug into those feelings, 
It was because she was angry at herself for abusing her body, and those unprocessed emotions led to even body-respecting movement to trigger those memories. Nothing's gone wrong if you feel challenging emotions. All emotions are part of the human experience, and they're all present for our highest good. I like to think of our emotions like our radar. The purpose of our emotions is to let us know that something needs our attention, and what we resist persists. All that our emotions want is to be seen and heard, to have us receive the message that they are there to share, and then they pass. So when difficult emotions come up, it's important that instead of judging the emotion and assuming it's bad or wrong to feel it, which leads to stuffing it down or numbing or avoiding, rather instead be with the feeling and be curious about it. Ask yourself, where is this emotion coming from? What's it trying to tell me? What am I believing about myself or about exercise that's causing me to feel this way? Being curious about feelings moves us into awareness and then into choice. It allows us to respond rather than react. Most often when we face difficult emotions, our tendency is to react and we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. We avoid, we run away, we numb, we distract, or we power through. None of which are effective and end up exacerbating the feeling and keeping it around longer than we want. With curiosity and awareness, if certain types of movements trigger an emotion, then we can choose how we want to respond. So you can absolutely choose to avoid activities if they stir up difficult emotions while you work through your stuff. For example, I mentioned this in last week's episode with my running. For quite a while, as I was changing my relationship with exercise, running would trigger feelings of inadequacy, which was fueled by all the years I experienced being teased and subsequently seeking to validate my worth through competition. So I chose to not run for quite a while as I worked on my beliefs about myself. And in time, as I processed those feelings, I was able to come back to running and engage with it in a different way. So choosing rest, choosing gentle movement only, those are fine options and can help you reestablish that connection and trust with your body. Trust that you won't force yourself to do things you hate. Trust that you aren't exercising as punishment or to make up for things that you ate or to prove your worth through your accomplishments. You have full permission to rest, and if that feels like the most loving choice for where you're at, do that. I am quite confident that your body will begin to crave movement again once that trust is reestablished, so you don't have to worry that if you're choosing this, that you're destined to a life of inactivity. On the other hand, you could also choose to hold space for those uncomfortable feelings and channel them by inviting them into your movement practice. And this can be so beautiful and transformative since sometimes we don't have the tools or the support to do that deep thought work or know how to fully process our emotions in a safe and effective way. But movement can be a very powerful tool for helping our emotions to move through us. By moving our body and changing our physical state, we can actually release those stored emotional memories from our body and change how we feel. There are so many studies that highlight the physical experience of our emotions, but one in particular from 2016 by Schaffer et al. 
demonstrated that four basic emotions, anger, fear, sadness, and happiness, are universally demonstrated by certain physical postures, or in other words, they validated that our body language is truly indicative of the emotions that we're feeling. In their study, they asked participants to participate in certain types of activities and then surveyed them to see what emotions were present as they moved. And they found that certain movements and postures actually invoked emotions in people, even if they weren't present before. So these findings lead to some powerful conclusions about how we can use movement to help self-regulate our emotions, which is so cool. So here's what they found out about each of these four emotions. Anger was associated with advancing type movements, moving forward in strong, fast, sudden type movements with direct effort. So that includes things like punching, stomping the feet, shaking the limbs. So if you're feeling angry, activities like boxing, wrestling, running, kettlebell swings, powerlifting can be great to help process the anger and allow it to move through your body. On the other hand, These types of activities, they found, can also create the feeling of anger if it's not present. So you want to be mindful about how you choose to participate. Fear was associated with a shrinking body language, moving backwards, retreating, rounded shoulders, basically closing in on oneself. So when fear is present, a gentle walk in nature alone where you can get grounded by connecting to the earth and doing some slow forward movement, consciously focusing on your breath and opening the chest and shoulder area would be really helpful. Also, yoga poses that focus on opening the heart area would be helpful here. Sadness was associated with a folded over posture with arms wrapped around one's chest or hands on their head to support the head. So when sadness is present, Literally curling up in a ball and giving yourself a hug while rocking forward and back can provide comfort and space for that emotion to move through you in the moment. This is where it's so important to give ourselves grace and just be with ourselves where we're at as we're feeling what we feel instead of trying to rush the feeling away and jump into activity to try to distract us from the sadness. And lastly, happiness was associated with free-flowing, light movements that involve spreading out the limbs or taking up space and also moving in an upward motion. So that could include activities like jumping and rhythmic-type movements like dancing, but also just free-flow activity where there's no structure at all. You simply move your limbs and bounce around following your intuition. So in other words, if you want to cultivate more happiness, more joy, more of this type of activity. So I wonder as you listen to that, if it makes you feel a little more empowered and willing to allow all of your emotions to be present as you engage with movement. I really think that as we give our emotions the space to be and the freedom to move through, and as we're intentional about our movement practice, in time there will be more room for joy. Maybe in the sunshine and rainbow sense, but definitely in the well-being, creating the life we desire sense. I hope you found that clarification helpful and that those movement suggestions help you in processing the emotions that present themselves. Because emotions can be tricky, and though I think we're learning as a society to become more emotionally intelligent, there's still a lot of learning to do. 
And emotions related to exercise and movement just really aren't something we typically talk about. But I think it's important because how we feel directly relates to how we'll engage with movement, how we'll behave, also our motivation, and therefore the results that we get. So we can't change if we don't look at the emotional piece, which is why thoughts, beliefs, and feelings are an integral component of my coaching programs. I love coaching movement and form and teaching people how their bodies work and how to move to get specific goals. But it's in the emotional and thought work that the lasting change is made. And it's my favorite thing to be able to support women to think and feel differently about exercise. Which reminds me to mention that in the coming weeks, we'll be opening enrollment for the next cohort of Discover Joyful Movement. That's my 12-week movement and mindset program. As far as I know, it's the only program out there that addresses both of those pieces, the how to move part with guided group fitness classes, and also the mental and emotional piece through education and coaching. So if that sounds like what you need, hop on over to my website and book a call to ask your questions and potentially secure your spot because I would love to work with you. All right, so that is it for today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it and tag me so I can thank you. And if you haven't yet, please go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the love language of podcasting, and I would be forever grateful. So I'll see you back here next Monday for more non-diet motivation. And in the meantime, be well, and here's to your radiant vitality. Thanks for tuning in to the Power in Motion podcast today. Ready to drop your body image hang up so you can confidently create your healthiest, happiest life? Awesome. You can get started today by taking my five-day mini course, How to Feel Great in and about your body, no matter what the scale says. Inside this five-day video training, you'll learn how to get motivated to exercise, stop cravings and binge eating, set health goals beyond the scale, eat normally without rules or a plan, and accept your body. Find unshakable confidence, even if you don't love how you look. For just $27, you'll receive one under 10-minute video lesson per day for five days delivered straight to your inbox, reflection worksheets to help you integrate your learning, and links to bonus resources to go even deeper with the work. You can get started right now by visiting radiantvitality.ca slash five-day training. I'll see you inside.